Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show hey guys we have a new sponsor for the type 1 lifting podcast the company's called Liberté Lifestyle so Liberté is a French word meaning freedom and the company was founded on the desire to have freedom to choose what we want to do with our lives. I actually had the owner, um, Nicole, on my podcast on episode 28, so if you want to go back and listen to her, um, she talks about how she started the company and what she wants to do in the future with the company, which is pretty cool. So uh, they actually have knee sleeves, wrist wraps, shirts, shorts. Uh, love the knee sleeves. I have the ice cream knee sleeves, and I love them so much. They haven't the neoprene's still good. Uh, the seams haven't split compared to other uh, knee sleeves that I have had in the past, uh, and I'm planning to keep these for a very, very long time. So uh, Nicole actually gave me a promo code for you guys too. So it's all capital letters, T-Y-P-E, and the number one. So it's type one. So go to LibertéLifestyle.com, uh, check out what they have in the store, use the promo code type one, and save some coin. Now let's go to the episode. But the reason why is because I don't like obviously like um, and I, so I, I interviewed Scott and uh, and Kat a while back and yeah so do you know anything about type one lifting or have you ever heard of the heard of type one yeah lifting? I went and I listened to your intro um so I, I got a little bit of um you know kind of insight to your podcast and all that and so um so you work for a children's hospital I, I used to so you I, used to I, okay I worked I worked so the main thing is like so um I got diagnosed at 34 going on my 35th birthday. At okay. type one diabetes. And so I got a job working at a children's hospital emergency department and I'd see all these new kids coming in with like new onset of diabetes and like the, the parents were like, didn't know what was going on. And I kind of talked, talked to them and let them know like what the whole situation's about and how I handle it compared to that, like what other people do. And there was this one, there's this one, one mom that was like crying hysterically thought it was a death sentence. Yeah. And it was a, her, with her five-year-old daughter. And so I walked in there, you know, I said, hey, welcome to the Diabetes Club. Because I always give kids a high five to kind of make it make it a little bit easier for them. Sure. And the mom looked at me like, part of my friend, she's like, what the fuck? Like, what? What are you thinking? Like, you know, what's the deal? And so I told her my story and how she's in the best place to, you know, learn about diabetes and kind of get the gist of, you know, what happens throughout the whole process. And so I brought the daughter up to the ICU unit because that's what we do with kids okay. with new onset of diabetes. And so gave the mom a hug, you know, I'm like, listen, you're in, a, you're in a good place. And I thought I needed to do a little bit better than just like, you know, talking to the kids. And so I like working out. I like t-shirts, you know, yep. so that's how type one lifting started. So, okay, and, nice. And so I do all like the graphic design work because I, you know, graduated college with a graphic, di graphic design degree. And okay. So, and now like, so little quick. So that's the logo. Yeah. So the blue, yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. So the blue circles are the symbol for diabetes. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of use those as the weights and that's, that's me like doing the, doing the split jerk. And so, yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. I'm almost, I'm almost at like about, I think after like another hundred dollars of donations that I get from my shirts, I, I'll probably mm -hmm. hit a thousand for, you know, thousand dollars for donations for the children's diabetes foundation. That's great. Yeah. And then I started this podcast because I've been listening to podcasts forever, probably like seven, eight years. And I uh -huh. just wanted to do one. And, and me and my me and my coworkers at the gym when I was a personal trainer, we were going to do it. And then it just timing was off. And so I was like, screw it. I'll just do it myself. And then, yeah, lo and behold, here you are. Yeah. yeah That's I'm great. Like, I'm roughly a year in, I think. Okay. Actually, no. Yeah. I almost, I started the same time you guys did. 
Okay. So I'm not as big as you. I'm, I'm not as big as your your podcast at all. But you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get there. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. Very cool. So, so I know I, I talked to Scott. So I know you guys connected with you know the morning chalk up and stuff like that. So what what is your? I haven't I haven't recorded it yet. So I'm just like yeah yeah yeah. Whole, what, like so what's the whole deal with like all four of you guys together? So it's a, it's not, so it's kind of a little bit different. So Kat and Scott have a lot more flexibility, like in their work and daily schedules yeah. and things like that. So them doing the, um, the um, bottom line on that so that they have more accessibility. So if there's a, something that needs to be, you know, talked about right away, breaking news, they can do that. Um, you know, I would say, so it's always kind of a joke. So I have like 500 part-time jobs and yeah. those are all, all intentional, I should say. Yeah. Um, and so my schedule is always kind of all over the place. And so it's hard for me to just kind of just say breaking news that I can jump in. So for Charlie and I, it's more like, we're just still going to be the friends that just show up for the regular kind of interviews and the, um, the round tables and stuff like that. So not as much on the breaking news stuff. Okay. So, and you're, and you're still, you're still coaching, right? Yes. Okay. Just yes. want to make sure. So you get, you let you, it's level two, right? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. So, yes. So the main thing about this podcast is obviously to, to pimp you, pimp you out pretty much. Okay, cool. So, you know, just kind of talk <laughs> about your story, you know, obviously like being a CrossFit coach, a teacher, and then like the podcast and kind of what you're thinking about like CrossFit going on and you going to the next level for the quarterfinals. Okay. So, you know, okay. stuff like that. So, all right. Sure. All right. Awesome. All right, guys, we have another episode on the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have a CrossFit Level 2 coach and co-host of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends, Amy Radowski. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks. How are you? Thanks for having me. So I just, first of all, I want to congratulate your son going to, going to school, graduating. Oh my gosh, that's a big deal. Yeah, but he's going to the wrong school. He should go to Michigan. Oh, oh no, he's going to the Ohio State University. So is he is he going in for medicine or... Um, it's in the College of Medicine, but he is um, going into health sciences and rehabilitation services. So kind of a little bit unsure about what that might mean, but maybe, you know, some PT, maybe some, um, you know, sports medicine kind of stuff. So, I mean, at least he gets in right up the bat and he kind of gets his feet wet and like everything he wants to do. So absolutely. And like, it's been his dream to go to Ohio State this forever and it's actually like my husband and I both graduated from there but it's like really hard to get into now so we were all like really sweating you know because we knew it was so important to him but yeah it worked out that's almost like Georgia so my wife my wife went to Georgia and so we moved out I live in Georgia now so um it for her to get into Georgia she needed to like get like 4.0s all through high yeah. school and so she went to uh, um, Georgia State and then her junior year she made it into Georgia yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine being on those, like, top-level schools. Even Michigan, too. It must be, like, just jumping through hoops just to even get there. Right. Yeah. So, so um, how, did you, how did you get into CrossFit? So, I started with being um, – well, I didn't even start my – like, I was always, like, an athlete growing up. And then, you know, I became a mom early on. I got married early um, and became a mom. And then – wasn't really into fitness. You know, I kind of was just really super focused on being a parent. And then, you know, I was like, right after I might've been like 32 and I was like, wait a minute. Well, like I, I, there is better health out there for me. You know, like it's not, it wasn't that I felt like, oh, I need to lose a bunch of weight or anything like that. It was like, I just don't physically feel great. And so um, I started really paying attention to my nutrition and then I started doing running um, and got into distance running and trained with um, some training groups and then became a coach doing some um, pace pacing um, for marathon and half marathon running groups. So I did that. And then after I had done one marathon, I said, okay, I need something else. What's next? What else can I do? And then my good friend, Scott Schweitzer, who's the, um, the main host of the Clydesdale CrossFit uh, podcast, was doing CrossFit and him and his wife were both doing it and they kind of talked me into it and I was like, okay, I'll try it. Um, and that was in February of 2013. And so I've been doing it ever since. Nice. So you, you didn't join in at Murph like Scott did, right? Uh, no, but, but what's ironic is my first class, um, it was uh, 10 minutes of Cindy. <laughs> so it was half Cindy. Um, and I remember then too, like, you know, I was, I did bands, 
Um, and I got four rounds of Cindy in that 10 minutes. And then now what's fun is that every once in a while, if I need a quick warm up, it's like, okay, just do a quick five rounds of Cindy or something. And it's, you know, that's a warm up now. So yeah, it's yeah. just kind of neat to see that progression. Yeah. I love, I love hearing people's stories of like where they were to where they are now. And so, yeah. and it's, it's amazing how, I mean, I, I've been on a, I've been on the CrossFit bandwagon for forever. So yeah. I think I've, I think I've like, this is my, that was, this is my 10th open or something like that. That I've done. Okay. So I've done, yeah. I've done it a, like a long time. So I just love to see like where I was to where I am now. And then like other people too. It's, it's, it's awesome. Especially with Scott too. Like he was lost like 51 pounds. Good for him. Yeah. 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 He's doing really good. So while you're doing CrossFit, what made you decide to like get your level one, then your level two? So I think I'm naturally just, um, somebody who likes to transfer and share knowledge. So, you know, I'm a teacher, so that's just kind of in my nature. Um, and although I, I would consider myself quite an introvert, I'm actually very comfortable speaking in front of people when it's a subject that I'm comfortable about. And so, um, you know, I, I just really got into CrossFit and I was really enjoying it. And then my, the head coach there said, Amy, we would love to have a female coach here you know, you're, you are a natural leader. Why don't you come and take the level one with me and Scott? And so I was like, okay, you know, it'd be great to do it with other people. And so we did that with the three of us took it together. And that was awesome um, to be able to take that and then have, do it at Rogue. I mean, it's amazing that Rogue is just right down the road and yeah. that that's where we can do that. And then um, about four years later, um, I wanted to challenge myself and I knew I needed to um, have some more personal growth in the field for coaching. And so that's why I went for my level two. I knew where I had some weaknesses, you know, with, with finding the right cues or different cues for different types of um, athletes. And so that's why I wanted to just go and continue um, and grow and expand my toolkit with the level two. Very cool. So I, I, I remember hearing your level one, your favorite CrossFit athlete was the Julie Fouché. Yeah, part of the seminar staff. And I, I'm a big fan of her too. She's, she's yes. awesome. So what, what was it like learning from her and like the cues that she would give you to get your level one? Yes. Well, first of all, I was in shell shock when she first was there because she was also still in her boot from when, after her surgery with the Achilles. Yeah. Um, but I just, once I kind of got over, you know, the shell shock and realized, okay, she's, she's just a regular person and she's got a great amount of knowledge and, um, so just, I don't know, I don't know, just listening to her passion really with nutrition is really kind of what drew me in because I'm also somebody that I do believe in medicine and I believe in the importance of medicine, but I also believe in also, you know, looking at the bottom of the pyramid mm -hmm. and looking at nutrition and how we can, um, work with people and help people feel better also with just eating the right types of food for, for their body, for performance and health. Yeah. And so I think those were the cues that I really was more stuck on with her. Okay. Very cool. So what were, what's the difference? Because I, I want to get my level one. I haven't gotten it yet. So what's, okay. what's the difference between level one and level two? So for me, a level one felt very much like um, a, a foundations course, you know, you know, like on steroids where you're, you're really going in depth on the movements and that sort of aspect of it. The level two was definitely more about how to plan a class. Like, so your planning of the warm up to executing, uh, the workout, the coaching, um, and then you're coaching other people. So you're actually getting practical advice on your coaching. So I would be coaching a small group and then I would get, you know, the instructor would come over and give me some cues on how to, um, to give other people cues. And so that was more, it was more like a, like a practicum for mm -hmm. real, um, for, for what it felt like okay. with that. Very cool. Yeah. I always like learning cause as a, I was a personal trainer for four years, well actually longer okay. than that, but I was at a global gym. I never did a CrossFit gym or anything like that. Yeah. And so like just learning cues from other people, like I've learned from, you know, doing a deadlift, like, you know, your back, call it a tabletop. And then like mm -hmm. King Kong is getting your chest up and then, yeah. Like, the one thing, the one I that I have, everyone that remembers is Miley Cyrus, is when they twerking, so you stick your butt out while you're doing it, and so people yeah. like those kind of cues. I love just like teaching people and like telling them, so they'll just stick it in their head forever. Yeah, and it's it's true that there's some athletes that you can tell them 
a cue and it, it won't connect, but then you'll tell that same cue to somebody else and it totally connects. So I like the challenge of figuring out what connects for somebody. Yeah. And so how long does it take you to like know, you know, this cue might work for somebody else compared to another person? Just trial and error. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll throw out a cue and then that didn't work. And so um, I'll think about it and then maybe offer another one. And, and I would also say that an area where I'm growing is I may not always know the right cue right then, but I will be reflecting on it later and I might come back and be able to give it to them another time okay. or to say, you know what, I couldn't give it to you in this moment, but here's what I've been thinking about your movement patterns. And let's try this the next time you do that movement. Okay. Very cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So what was it like doing your first class at your own, at your box? Uh, you know, I think I was definitely uh, pretty nervous about it, you know, even because I also had been working out with these people. So I had been an athlete with them and then here I am kind of conducting the class. And I think I was much more nervous and, you know, needed to have everything kind of planned out every single thing for the warm up written down on exactly what I was going to do. And now I can definitely, you know, I, I do make a plan, but I can definitely just kind of fly off the seat of my pants too and be like, oh, I, I know that if we're warming up for squats, we need to be doing X, Y, and Z, you know, those kinds of things. So I think it's just more, you know, I was more nervous and making sure I'm doing everything right to being more relaxed and confident with, with coaching. Very cool. So when you started coaching, did you kind of like persuade your family to come train with you at all? Or what was that like? No, it took me actually two years to get my husband to try CrossFit. So um, two years of me coming home every day to be like, let me tell you about this terrible, awesome workout. I can't <laughs> wait to go back, you know? Um, so he, he did start after two years and then my dad noticed how much passion I had for it and, you know, how much just my overall body composition and just my mental health had changed. And so he started to join and then my son started, uh, oh gosh, let's see, he was probably in middle school at some point and would come with me. So I would be coaching a class and have my dad, who was in his 70s, and then my son in the same class. Very cool. And that was really cool to just be able to be like, okay, well, here's all the different levels of fitness that we're at, and here's how we're going to modify and get a great workout. Yeah. So when you're when you're, you're training your son, so he's obviously played football because I saw yeah. the pictures on your Instagram page. So yeah. did that, did that help them out or like, do they, but big time, but, okay. Big time. Um, so we worked, I, I would do some stuff with him over the summer and then I would always talk with his coaches because I didn't want him to be overtraining. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to kind of know here's, or let them know, here's what I'm working on with him. You know, let me know if this gets in the way of what you're doing and whatnot. Um, so during the summers, I could work with him. Once he started to go and do lifting with the team, I didn't want to, you know, overtrain him there and give him the bonding he needs to have in doing it with his team. But anytime there's an off season, he's coming in there and, and to stay conditioned, which is good because, you know, as a football player or just as a 18 year old kid, he likes to eat. And so, so we like to just, to just you know, I like to eat too, but we got to stay conditioned and, and yeah. keep moving our bodies. Yeah, so wait, wait, wait till he hits college. It'll be a game, game changer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's I, on a trip right now with his football guys after graduation. And yeah, I can already, I can. Yeah. I mean, I, the taste. I still eat like I'm a, like I'm a college student. Yeah. It's insane. And I'm, and I'm 41. So it's yeah. like, my wife's like, all right, it's either you got to chill out in the working out or, or like, <laughs> you know, you got to still like just lower the eating a little bit. Like just, you got to help, help, help me out. So. I'm big about balance. I'm all about the balance. I want to, I want to play hard and I want to work hard. Yeah. Same, same here. So that, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. I mean, the only time I get to work out is at like five o'clock in the morning. So that like, I'm one of those people. So, yeah. and then the rest of the time is, you know, after when I get home from work is, you know, family time, hanging out with the two kids and then like my wife and stuff like that. And then occasional podcasts here and there. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I coach, uh, the classes I coach are normally five and 6am. So, so I'm up, you know, getting up at 4am on, on a couple of days a week to get up to, for those people who like to work out at 5am or, or that, but it's one of our most popular classes. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, definitely. So how do you get your train? Cause obviously you're, you say you're a teacher and you teach morning classes. So how do you get your training in throughout the week? Do you do like three days a week or four days a week? Like what? It... I'm about a, I, five days a week. Okay likely, um, usually. So it's kind of different, but like on Tuesdays and Thursdays, when I coach early, 
all after I coach the 615 class, I stay and I work out by myself. And sometimes I have a training partner who will come in with me. Um, Charlie sometimes comes in and works out with me. We call it the 40 plus club. Um, so we get our workout in and then I might shower and then go straight to work there. So I don't have to be at work until about nine. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 So it's, I mean, it's a part-time um, preschool program that I teach at. And so then on other days, you know, like I coach a 415 class on Wednesday, so I'll, I'll coach 415 and then I'll stay and I'll work out. So, um, it's just kind of, kind of going on when I'm already going to be there to coach, I'll fit it in, um, as best I can. I have a lot of equipment at home, but I'm, I'm not as good at doing it at home because I like to be around people and and the place Uh, on the the same way. Like with quarantine, I did okay. Yeah. But like, I didn't do it in the morning. I pretty much did it at like 8 PM to 10 PM because I didn't want to wake up the whole family like working out and stuff. Yeah. I, I have everything in my basement, not in my garage. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah I, I have like a 13 foot ceiling for my garage, for my basement. So I have, that's pretty nice. Yeah. I got, after, after this, I got to show you my setup. It's pretty, it's, okay. I don't lie, it's pretty sick. So, but, um, but yeah, like that was a tough time, especially with my diabetes. Like I would eat something and then all of a sudden, like I'd hit a low blood sugar cause I overdose. And so then like some days I wouldn't be able to work out at all. And it was like so frustrating. Yeah. For sure. I bet that was when, so you had started CrossFit and then you were diagnosed. Yes. So you, you definitely had to figure out that, that when you could eat and to balance that sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the way I found out now is I don't eat anything after 7 PM and then I don't okay. eat anything after I work out. So it's, it's, it's quite, it's like almost like an intermittent fasting, but it's yeah. not really, it's like maybe a 12 hour, like, you know, it's a 12 hour gap between, between meals. So okay. I, I've, but the problem, the one thing is like other diabetics have is when they do CrossFit workouts, their, their blood sugar tends to spike because of all the hormones and the fight or flight stuff. Sure. So I'm trying to figure out like, you know, how to maintain it throughout the whole like training, training the day that I have. So, I yeah, mean, but I, I mean, I'll dose it like right after I'm finished working out, but then there's other days that like, I don't have my insulin with me. So I have to drive home and do it. So, but usually with the hormones, with the fight or flight, Sometimes it takes like a half an hour to kind of bring it down a little bit. So, but sometimes it doesn't. So there's, there's been days I come home with like a blood sugar of like 350 and which is okay. like stupid high. Yeah. So, but you know, just, it's just a work in progress pretty much. Right. Yeah. Trial and error. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, you've been doing CrossFit for a while and did you, did you think that you were able to make it to the quarterfinals for this year? after your open workouts? I would say actually, so I've done pretty well the last couple of years. So with, with the new format, when, when I saw what the new format was, I felt pretty, pretty good about it, um, that I would get a chance to participate just based on my last couple of years. And I would say um, this year, I actually probably did my worst for the overall open. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I almost made it almost made it. I mean, by percentage points, uh, into the open quarterfinals. Um, but you know, a percentage point versus the number of athletes that would have had to go there would have been thousands. But, but if I just look at the percentage, it feels good. Yeah. So, so Scott tells me, he says, you almost Sam Briggs it, but I didn't. <laughs> um, so I felt pretty, I felt pretty confident with that. And then I will tell you when I got into, when I started doing the quarterfinal workouts, I was like, okay, I don't want to work any harder than this. This is really hard. <laughs> and I don't think that I have the capacity to do all of this stuff all the time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. But my thing is, what do you think about the GHD workout for like older females and older males? Do you think that was a kind of a good good workout to do for the older generation? Um, so it didn't bother me personally as an athlete, but I could see, you know, I do notice the older I get that being inverted like that, like I'll get a a headache from doing a lot of of GHDs. Um, But yeah, I almost experience, you know, some lightheadedness and stuff when I do a lot of inversion on the GHD, not as much if I'm on doing handstand pushups. The thing I was definitely more shocked about was the 30 inch box jumps for females. And I thought, what 50 plus woman needs to be jumping on a 30 inch box. Not that they can't, 
I'm not saying that because I'm, I know there are people that are certainly capable of, but I just felt like I was scared as heck to do it. I just was surprised by that one. Yeah. Did you use wooden boxes or did you guys have padded boxes? We did not have padded boxes, but, Ooh. but see, here's what I did because it was more of a mental game for me is I left it at 24 inches and then I just kept adding plates on top of it. So, so, you know, I had it at 24 and then I put maybe 10 pound plates and I would jump on that and be like, okay, all right, now I can add some more. And, and I had a couple of athletes come over cause I kept measuring it and they they were like, what, what height are you trying to get to? And I was like, don't worry about it. It's 30. And they were like, to do it this way. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'd probably, I mean, I'm a taller individual. So like if it gets even higher than 30, I'd probably have to like test it out first before anything so i mean i yeah like i said i like you said i couldn't imagine like having a female doing a 30 inch box jump yeah so, i mean maybe climbing over and doing it yeah but other, yeah. like jumping now and like i just i don't know so do you think that they're like what do you think could have changed a little bit for the you know the older athletes for the quarterfinals well, I think if they, going back to thinking about the GHD, I feel like the, the volume was really high. So if maybe they could have shaved some volume off of that, I think that would have felt um, a little bit um, less concerning um, for that piece. I liked that it was overhead squats for the, for the fifth workout versus the snatches. Mm -hmm. I think um, that more people were able to participate and do that. That was a pretty heavy snatch that the individuals had to do. Um, I'm going to tell you the workout that I pretty much died on was the first one, which was, I mean, the handstand pushups and then straight into the shoulder to overhead with the, I mean, I had such a upper body pump from that. Like yeah. it was just muscle fatigue and endurance. Um, I found that one to be the most difficult. Yeah. So what are your, are you trying to like for next year, when you do the open, you're trying to move up to be even better or what are your kind of thoughts for? So I am a athlete who works out maybe one hour a day, maybe an hour and a half on a couple of days a week. I don't have goals of going to the games. Mm -hmm. I like to do competitions. I like to do, you know, partner competitions, mostly team competitions, local ones. Um, as a way to, to test my fitness, but also just use my fitness. Like I'm training for life, yeah. <laughs> you know, is what I always tell people is I'm training because I enjoy this. And the competition is also just kind of a side effect. It's something I like to do with it. So I wouldn't say that I'm training to necessarily go any further. I would like to continue to participate in the quarterfinals. Like to me, it was like, I just want to get there and then see what I can do, but not with the thinking, oh, you know, I got to move up that spot. That's not as important to me. Yeah. I mean, my thing is I want to be able to squat down on the toilet when I'm 70. Absolutely. So. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I love, you know, I love being outside and using my fitness outside. So like my favorite activity of like ever is to go hiking. And so I want to be able to stay fit. And so I'm able to go and do those things um, for long longevity. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a lot of people that I've, I've trained before, they've, they've said that, you know, and I completely agree with them and I kind of feel the same way too, is like, I want to be able to run with my grandkids. Yeah. Know, just the way I did with my kids when they were younger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So obviously like when you started the podcast, um, you, we get the Clydesdale fitness and friends, you know, you guys had all four, of you guys met like teamed up to make this like awesome podcast. Like I, I'm a big fan. So, you know, that's I, great. I, I I'm so to, glad I, I listen to it all the time. And I, I love hearing you guys just like, you know, a little banter going on and like learn about the news and interviewing other people. And so you guys started when Greg Glassman was mm -hmm. the CEO. And then obviously, you know, he had that little saying that wasn't really the best thing for CrossFit. And then Eric Rosa stepped in. But before that, you guys had a different name for your podcast. So what was the whole, you know, process of like, you know, right, you have this podcast, you have the title, then all of a sudden this happened, then it changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's definitely all Scott because it's this, this podcast is his baby. Yeah. Um, and I will just say, you know, I've been, I'm speaking for him a little bit, but I think his feeling was that um, when 
he that happened with Glassman that he felt like he needed to make a, a statement. And so he wanted to remove CrossFit from the name and, and be fitness. Um, I, I totally agree. I think what with what Glassman did was was wrong. And I'm glad that he's gone. I think there was besides this, you know, there was a lot of things that I think that were kind of toxic for, for CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm super happy with where the direction of things are going. Um, but I'm not anti CrossFit. I'm not anti the CrossFit name. Um, I understand where Scott felt that the need to, to make a statement at that time. Um, but, but I still stand behind the name CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And now obviously Eric Rosa stepping into the CEO. What are your thoughts on Eric Rosa and the way he's, you know, moving CrossFit? Yeah, I think it's great. I feel like he's doing a really good job of listening, um, not just barking. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he's, I think he's, he's talking, he's, he's passionate about it. I love that he participates in it and he's active in CrossFit. Um, I think as far as, you know, I am not an affiliate owner, but I think for affiliate owners, I think it's fantastic because he has experience um, with that. Mm -hmm. You know, for, for me um, and my profession, I, I'm a, director of a preschool, but I'm also a teacher. To me, it's important to have your feet still in there so that you know what's going on. Um, and so I think that that helps to, to have somebody lead by example. And so that's what I'm looking forward to with him is to, to watching him continue to listen and to lead um, and keeping the best interest of the affiliates, the games, um, and the athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I use the athletes as anybody participating in CrossFit. I'm not just meaning the, the elite um, games athletes, but I, I feel like he's doing a good job of balancing all those, and I hope to continue to see that. Yeah, and do you think the sanctionals are a good way of how CrossFit is going? Or Yeah, I mean, I like it. I loved – what I loved about the quarterfinals was it allowed a lot more people to participate. Mm -hmm. Um and, and honestly, it was a great marketing strategy. It's a great way for them to make some more money. Yeah, I was just going to say. In there, I mean, honestly. Um, so I think that that allowed you know a bigger pool of athletes to participate and, and to feel to feel their season go on a little bit longer. Um, I do like the sanctionals because, or the semifinals, it feels a little bit like regionals, which you know. I so I feel like we're kind of getting the best of both worlds here. Um, so I'm excited about that. I wish there was a little bit more smooth. I mean, I understand the transition this year, but how some are online formats and some are in-person formats. I, th I think there's differences, pros and cons on both. Yeah. Um, but I think that's just where we need to be right now because of where we are in the world. So um, I'm curious to see then, you know, the remaining years, what will, or the following years, what happens with those um, semifinals? Yeah, I, I think I think this year is a good year for prepping for the years to come in CrossFit, especially with sanctionals. You know, there might be more because there's more people starting like doing it, especially with the yeah. older athletes. So there may be more. You know, the Masters Co Fitness Collective. You know, yes, workout. So they might be in different regions, which would be pretty cool. Yeah. So very cool. So uh, so when you guys. You know, get ready for your podcast. So, what what is how do you guys prep for? You know, each like um, you know the banner sessions and like interviewing with other CrossFit athletes. Yeah, so we try not to prepare anything for the banter ones, other than maybe um, what's our question or some some of our silly questions. And then the one I always forget. It's, I'm always bad about the my best thing from the internet, but that's always because I am. Wednesdays are usually we are the days we record and Wednesdays are usually my days where I'm like, I I'm coaching and then I'm in my classroom like all day. And so I literally am like not focused on what's happening in the evening. So I, he always teases me about not being prepared for that. So we don't as prepare as much for the banter ones, which I think helps because it's more like we kind of forget we're even recording. We're just kind of talking. And then for the athlete interviews, um, we, we work on kind of like maybe depends on who, like if, if I booked the athlete, then I'm going to kind of do the research and kind of create an agenda and share that with people. So if, you know, Kat books the athlete, same kind of thing as Scott does. Um, but then if we have questions that, you know, we'll just kind of jump in. And so that's more of an organic. So having a, a guide, but then those moments where there's organic conversation happening as well. Very cool. 
And I, I remember you interviewed Con Porter. So he's oh, yes. Of, yes, he's one of your favorite guys. So is. how did how did you connect? Like, how do you typically connect with? I mean, I, I the way I connect with athletes is I usually like hit them a DM and then an email. And so is yep. that kind of the same thing you do, too. Absolutely. And um, and also just because um, Kat and Scott have done a lot of volunteering outside yeah. um, and have different contacts in different places. So it's it's really just kind of making connections and contacts with that. Um, but yeah, that was like one of our earlier interviews. And I remember just being like, um, one time Kat said, what, what would be your pie in the sky interview? And I was like, oh, Con Porter, that will never happen. And then it happened. I was like, this is the best. Yeah. And I, and I loved how he talked about like mental health a little bit too, which was. That was why I wanted him on there. Yeah. Like I wanted to talk about that. And then I loved his, um, how he wrote that article to the morning chalk up just recently. And I think it's so important to have somebody in the field, but also a male athlete speaking about it. Yeah. Cause not a lot of guys will like open up and, you know, say like, for example, Dak Prescott, you know, the quarterback from the, you know, Cowboys, he yeah. was having like, you know, mental health issues too. And, you know, he opened up and a lot of people were like, oh, you're such a wussy and all that stuff. And yeah. it's like, really like the guy's opening up and, you know, it's something that's good, you know? Absolutely. You know, and it's almost like with uh, Alex Smith when he came out, I mean, that was, that was huge. For yeah. Him. Like I just looking at his Instagram television, um, you know, when he was recording, he was like crying because he like just realized that all this weight came out came off his chest, and it was like, okay, I'm free to do be whatever I want to be. Yes, and how yeah, how, how much relief that has to to be. Yeah, and it was awesome. Like the all the the whole everyone in CrossFit was like super, you know, supportive, supportive, and be like, you know, that's awesome. You know, I'm happy for you. Congrats and stuff like that. So, which is which is why I love the CrossFit community too. Absolutely. And that's what I, you know, I get a lot of flack from people who don't do CrossFit. They're like, Oh, you're, you're cult. You know, we always hear those comments and, and I'm always, I'm always like, let's reframe that. It's a community. You know, this is where I go to, you know, to be around people who like to do similar things, but, but it's also groups of people that you wouldn't normally necessarily spend time with. Yeah, exactly. Like I have, I have, um, police officer, fire officer, or, you know, fire, um, people i have er doctors i have lawyers like people that i may not run into in normal everyday life that i actually spend a lot of time with and we are learning and growing from each other which i think is um just an added benefit of the crossfit community yeah and they always lend a hand too they're like if you need help of course they'll like anyone anyone in that yeah. community would be like okay i'm down all right what, what, what do you want me to do so yeah and I mean, I just had this graduation party and I invited so many of my friends from the, the, the gym and the generosity of these people from the gym was amazing just because they've, you know, known my kid and seen him grow up and because I talk about him all the time and it was just, it was just amazing. Yeah. So what do you, what are your, um, what do you, what are you like when you're coaching, what are the people like at the box say about you being a, you know, a podcast host? Oh, they're always, I always just joke with them. I was like, I've been trying to tell you for years. I'm a big deal. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. No. So they just laugh at me when I say that, but they uh, always like to tease me because I'm a coach that likes to kind of dance when I'm talking and coaching. So if there's like an e-mom going on and there's a good song, they like, come on guys, let's go. Let's get a, let's get a freestyle dance going on here. So they call me the dancing coach. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. um, Obviously, you had Con Porter, Julie Fouché on, and a couple other like big name CrossFit athletes. So, what other CrossFit athletes are like top priority on your list list that you love to interview? I really want to talk to Chandler Smith. Okay, I, I remember you saying that on one of the podcasts. Yeah. I do remember that. I just think he would be a fun time to have on here. Like, even if we didn't talk about CrossFit, I just want to just hear about his life experiences and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, just change of hair color too. Yeah, his, he's been changing his hair color pretty frequently, I feel like. Yeah. And what do you think about him going to um, comp train? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I guess I'm – I hmm. I feel – I don't know if it's the right fit for him, but I, who am I to decide what the right fit for him is, I guess. I, I guess I, it was just kind of surprised. I, I would have seen him – maybe somewhere else. I mean, he was training up here a little bit with, um, Chris Yermo, some, um, you know, with it, but I guess maybe, you know, cause Amanda Barnhart's there too. There was some kind of crossover here with, with Christy and, uh, Amanda Barnhart. So, 
Um, Amanda Barnhart, I would like to have on too, to be able to interview her. I think yeah. that would be nice. Yeah. I, I think the reason why Chandler Smith, this is this, this is my theory. Is, yeah. Uh, obviously like Ben Bergeron's all about like the mental game and stuff like that. And I think that maybe Chandler Smith thought Ben Bergeron would be helping him out, like get to the next level of his men- mental game. Cause you know, back in the day, like he'd always like make fun of himself and you know, yeah, kind of, yeah. Like, you know, almost like belittle himself a little bit. And I think he just needed that little help yeah. from Bergeron to get to like, I mean, I can't, I, I, I think I have really high hopes for him this year. I really think he's going to do very, yeah. very good this year. Yeah. So I do too. I, I love though. Um, Justin Kotler, Carrie's mm-hmm. coach and Bethany's coach. And, um, I could definitely see him also being a good mindset coach for, for Chandler. Yeah. Yeah. With good. his, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. So I've, I've, you've interviewed Justin before. So yes. what was it like talking to him during your podcast and like what, what kind of, you know, cues or anything did you get out of that podcast? Um, what I loved was just hearing his passion for his athletes, like just the true care for them as individuals and not just, as a product. Um, and so to me, that's, you know, I work working with young kids, like my goal is to work on social emotional learning. And so when I hear the way he was speaking, that's kind of what was touching to my heart and made me feel like this is a way to help build up some of these athletes. Yeah. Very cool. I I would love to have him on the show. I had Carrie Pierce on, uh, the recording came out last week and it was, yeah, it was awesome. So just talking to her and how like Justin was like helping her train and stuff like that. And then having the, you know, the Las Vegas gang together, Yes, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we're getting close to the end. So I just yeah. wanted to kind of see, um, you know, with you guys are podcasting, you know, how do you guys get that great connection while during the, doing the podcast recording? Well, I think that Kat and I have actually never met in person, but we, you know, just kind of, I think just she's easy to talk to and her and I just have a lot of similarities and I think we can relate to each other in a lot of ways. So I think that we've just kind of connected that way. Um, With Scott, I've been friends with him for a long time. You know, he's what got me into doing CrossFit. And so, you know, outside of CrossFit, we're also just kind of close friends. And then um, same thing with Charlie. So Charlie and I um, banter a lot. You know, we have kids. or sorry, we're, we're the same age. We have kids that, you know, are kind of going through the same kind of things. And so, um, I don't know. We just, we just make those connections and we like to have fun and laugh and, you know, kind of be weird and silly with each other, but we also all really like CrossFit and talk about CrossFit and our favorite athletes. And I mean, you should, we banter so much more on our text with each other about, I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. so much shit talking on there all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's I lo- what's I, lo- I love how you guys call each other out too. All, all the, the time. time. All the time. It's hilarious. And it's like it's funny cuz like I I you know, I would like to have somebody like uh, someone accountable with yeah. me and like I love it how you like just talk about like especially with Charlie, be like you yeah. call him out or call Scott out and be like, "Hey, you know, you missed this or you didn't do this." And then yep. like, everyone in the world knows about it. So it's right. kind of like, <laughs> "Okay, I have to step up my game a little bit." Well, you know, Scott said the other day that um that Charlie's pretty much keeping Harry Pierce in, in business with all the power apps that he keeps repurchasing. <laughs> <laughs> he's hit day one about, I don't know, for two weeks in a row. We'll see if he's moved on to day two yet. They should. <laughs> I love, love to hear it if we actually did. So yeah. We, yeah. We'll talk about it this week. I think. Yeah. So have you done the power apps? I have not. Okay. No, I, I, have, not. I haven't either. Like she told me, they, she has like a hundred thousand people subscribed to the and it's insane i'm like gosh that's like crazy the amount of people just to thinking that she that they're yeah. doing this that is amazing i mean yeah so what have you been doing to kind of like after the quarterfinals to kind of you know stay in shape or you just take it did you take a little break off or what were you doing uh, i took a few days off just because my legs were so sore from all those pistols yeah. and um, so I took a few days off, but really I, I'm somebody that has to do some form of movement. Um, you know, even if I'm like, just get on the bike or go for a walk or something like that. So I took like two days off and then I think the next day, like I, I went for a ruck or something. Um, now I'm pretty much back in full, um, full training. So I'm doing my regular five days a week, sometimes six, 
Um, I, I really try to have one full rest day a week and then one maybe active rest day. So, so not high heart rate or, or anything like that. Um, but when I'm off in the summer, which I am now um, from school, I do spend more time at the gym. So I do either incorporate two a days or I'll have a longer session. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've incorporated some of um, Justin Kotler's underdogs athletics. So he's got a whole competitor's programming, which I'm not doing all of that programming, but I'm adding in some of the weightlifting um, and the gymnastic skill stuff with that. Um, so like today I hit hit the gymnastic skill stuff, the weightlifting, and then, you know, took a little bit of a break and then went into our um, gyms programming. So we had a, a short strength session and then like a 15 minute AMRAP. So, I mean, I was there two hours, you know, this is the best part about being off for the summer is, you know, my kids are older and I, I can, you know, I, I can go and spend some time at the gym and, um, and just work at getting better. So. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So this is kind of like your prep towards like the winter time. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. Cool. <laughs> so yeah. are you looking to do any competitions this year at all or? Yeah, I'm going to do um, a competition here. Um, there's one in Ohio. It's a team competition. It's like two hours away from here. It's in Salina, Ohio called CrossFit Crave. So it's a male female partner competition. So I'm actually going to do it with the owner of our gym. He's also in his forties. Um, so we'll, we're going to just go and it's going to be masters, but it's not a master's division, but we'll just call ourselves masters. Um, <laughs> I tried to always, you know, I asked my husband if he would do the competition with me, but you know, it took him two years just to get to CrossFit. So he was like, yeah, he was like, I have zero desire to do a competition with. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go ask somebody else. <laughs> nice. So yeah. um, what are your goals, you know, for, for the rest of the year? Like it could be like, you know, CrossFit wise, you know, business wise, podcast wise, yeah. like, what are you, what are you looking to do? Well, there's been a goal I've been trying to work on for years. And that is get freaking ring muscle up and it needs to happen before I decide I'm too old and I need to stop trying to do that. Yeah. So I have all the parts to it. I have, you know, I can do a ring dip. I've got the strength. I can do it. I can do, um, the transition, you know, if I'm practicing, but I can't do it up on top of the rings. And so that's just, I've got to put them all kind of together. So what, what I've learned of the rings. So I, I really do rings cause I, mainly train at a global gym. I don't okay, do yeah. box, so there's no rings because I, to be honest with you, like I wouldn't trust anybody at this gym doing rings or ropes or anything like that. So <laughs> sure. uh, the last the last time I did it was probably, I think six months ago. I did it at um, East East Tennessee, East Nashville CrossFit where like Tia and the rest of the crew. Oh yeah, yeah, that, sure. That, that if, you, if you ever go to that place, you, you have to go. Um, that place okay. is massive it's like the size of a football field like even wow. wider it's just i i walked in i was like okay I, I know i'm in the right place for a drop-in session so i i just did it there but the one thing i did learn with that is when you when you kind of like kick up to kind of do the ring muscle up pull the pull the rings out and okay. kind of jerk in okay so it's kind of like i so i i think i learned that from like a youtube video from invictus so okay so you just pull pull back once yeah. you're like kind of like almost flat, pull back, then kind of quickly go in, and that's okay. that's how I was e able to connect the, connect my muscle ups. Okay, well I I need to. I mean I'll try anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll send <laughs> a link to the video because it, it was I, I okay because when I did it I was like, oh okay because originally that would just try to like muscle it up and yeah you know if then I if you did a snap back and then it just kept just connecting. Like, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Cool. So do you have like a favorite book that you like to read at all or like to, you know, show, tell your friends like you got to read this book? Well, I'm more so into podcasts, I would say, okay, but what's I'm, what's your favorite podcast then? I'm really into true crime podcasts. Okay. Okay. But before you go any further, what is the deal with women? Like women with like true crime podcast? Like I don't know. Anything. My wife is like that. She literally like would watch like. I'm a, I'm a murderer on yeah. Netflix and I'm like, babe, I'm like, I gotta go to bed. Like, I don't want to be thinking of these people. And like girls yeah. love this stuff. Like, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> well, actually I think I, I, I know why I am. So I, I think I'm just, I'm fascinated by human behavior. And so I'm more so curious, like, how does that happen? Why does that happen? Why would, why would that lead somebody to make that decision? So I'm more so that's like kind of the intrigue of it. Um, 
so my favorite one I probably that I'm listening to now is it's called Crime Junkie. And so it's just like an hour long and it's something new every week about, you know, but and I still want to know who killed John Bonet. I mean, like, there's still so many unanswered, you know, cold cases we need to solve. And yeah. that I feel like if maybe during quarantine, that if the FBI could have sent all these these middle-aged women, some of these cold cases, they could have been solved. Yeah, or the people that are on 4chan. For like, you ever heard of those people? They 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 actually like pick out people from like protesters. Yes. And like get them, and it's amazing. But have you? I've heard of. I heard Serial that podcast. Serial yes. is like really good. That's what kicked it in gear for me. Okay. And actually, what was really cool, my my daughter is she's a sophomore, and she was taking some class at school, and they were listening to Serial, and so she would come home, and it was cool because we could talk about it. Like, tell me what you think, and um, so that was a way for us to connect, you know, with some education involved and something I like to talk about. So, yeah. Do you have any other podcasts you like listening to? Um, let's see. What else do I listen to? Mostly the true crime ones. Um, I listen to one called Morbid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's that one about? So, see, this is how I told you I'm all about balance. You know, yeah. I work with young kids. I have, you know, rainbows and unicorns all day. And then, you know, I just got to balance out my life. Yeah. I'm the same way too. I, yeah. I have a two-year-old that loves unicorns. She's like all about it. And yeah, now she's into dinosaurs and you know, I gotta, right. I gotta balance stuff out. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So obviously um, with the podcast, it's grown tremendously and you guys are connecting with the morning chalk up. So what would you tell somebody that wants to get into the podcast space? Like, you know, what to expect throughout their whole time mm -hmm. doing it? Um, well, I think you have to not be afraid of rejection. So you can't be afraid to take risks. If you don't ask, you, you don't get, you know, if, if you don't ask somebody, you won't get the interview. So mm -hmm. the worst they can say is no. And so I think just being able to take the risks um, and take the chances and to be persistent, um, I think is really where it's at, Very cool. you know, and I, and I think also just being authentic, you know, just having a conversation, that's really what it's about is just having a conversation with somebody to, you know, get to know more about their story and to give them a platform to tell their story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I totally agree. I mean, everyone, like every part, like if say if a Carrie Pierce interview with you, which she has, and then she interviews with me, you'll, like there'll be another story that comes out compared to, right to yours so i mean everyone has a different way of interviewing people which is which is awesome and i and yeah. i love the way you guys do it with like all four of you guys together at least just like shooting the breeze with them and stuff like that and kind of making it like almost like being at a bar and hanging out yeah absolutely yeah very cool so um, where can people reach out to you if they have any questions about you know you know teaching crossfit yeah. you know podcasting or whatnot so um, my Instagram is at Team Rudy. So T-E-A-M-R-U-D-Y. Cool. Team Rudy. And that's, yeah. that's the main place to, to reach out to you? Yes, that's the main place to get to get me. Um, and then at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast is another way to get in touch um, to hear the podcast or to, you know, um, can, you can also get in touch with me that way. But at Team Rudy is the more direct way to get me. Right, very cool. Well, I just want to thank you very much for doing this. I really do appreciate, you know, you taking the time out to, you know, shoot the shit with me and just kind of, you know, talk about you and pretty much how's everything going. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. All right. Have a good one. You too.